I'm building a garden right here. So I went and got my cordless drill and my paddle bit, spade bit. It was about that wide. I went through the ground. I went, zzz, drilled me a hole, took my seed, dropped it in, kicked the dirt over. Zzz. I, I was gardening. I didn't have a tractor. I didn't have a mule, a horse, or anything. I was gardening right there. I was like, this is going to be awesome. And I did my whole garden that way. Cucumbers, watermelon, corn, cucumbers, watermelon, and corn, tomatoes, lots of cucumbers. I love cucumbers. And so we planted them. And to everyone's surprise but mine, they grew. They didn't grow well, but they grew. My corn finally got to be about that tall. It didn't grow right. My cucumbers did a little better, but I was looking for them big, fat cucumbers. They were just a little bitty. They tasted good. The watermelons, supposed to be this big, it's about a softball size. Everything I planted didn't grow correctly because I didn't till the land. I didn't till the garden so the roots, the roots couldn't go deep enough. The roots couldn't do what they needed to do to sustain the fruits. You're thinking, wow, you're just dumb. I tried it. It worked a little bit, but it taught me a lesson. If I'm going to put a garden in, I need to till the ground first. In the beauty salon in, uh, industry and business, stylists spend a lot of time and women spend a whole lot of money covering their roots. The ladies are turning back the clock. Dentists are always sharing the same message of brushing your teeth three times a day and flossing. And they're not talking about this. It's a new dance. It's old dance now. They told me to brush my gums because healthy gums lead to healthy roots. The Bible talks about roots. 1 Timothy 6 and 10, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrow. You didn't know I could dance that good, did you? The word root means the part of the plant which attaches itself to the ground or to a support, typically underground, conveying water and nourishment to the rest of the plant uh, via numerous branches and fibers. Here's a fun fact. Cacti have deep and spreading roots. I've been to Arizona. I've seen these cactus everywhere, and I, I think that's you wonder how in the world do they stand? Some of them things are, I don't know what, 15 foot tall? I mean, they're some big old things. You're thinking, how in the world does that little stubby thing come out with two arms? It has deep roots, and they spread out wide. Root means the basic cause, the source, or the origin of something. Similar words are source, origin, starting point, seed, germ, beginnings, genesis, cause, reason, base, basis, foundation, bottom, seed, uh, fundamental, core, nucleus, heart. We all understand what the root of something is, right? Root also means established deeply and firmly. Established deeply and firmly. 
Our roots in whatever we do has to be grounded in God. Everything that we do has to be grounded. Everything here at the church has to be grounded in God. I'm big on something right now because God is pressing on me hard with it. If it's not working, stop doing it. If it's not working, stop doing it. Put our resources, put our efforts into the things that are working. Roots work. Roots work. Sometimes our... I'm, gonna skip, I'm not going to skip this. i got to say it. Our roots in whatever we do has to be grounded in God. And sometimes our root system gets messed up. Root systems have to stay in the right environment to keep being fed. Years ago, my mother-in-law came from Oklahoma and brought me a flower. I'm not big on flowers. I'm a dude. She took this flower and she planted it out on the hill. And it stood about that tall. I mowed around it. As I mentioned before, I'm not a great gardener, and it died. But there was something, a little stub that come up by it, and so I left it. I left it there. After a while, we had an above-ground pool, and the kids were all playing in it. Next thing you know, they bust out the side. It's rusted or whatever, and they all come just fishing, you know, just swimming out the side of the pool and water flowing, and it busted. So we had to get a new pool. I moved the pool from the first location down next to where this little flower was. That little stub, I stopped mowing. I thought, well, maybe it's reinventing itself. This flower's coming up and, you know, something. It was a tree. So this tree began to grow. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool to have a little tree right there. It is. It's cool to have that little tree. But now that tree is about 25 feet tall and has roots all underneath our pool. It found its nourishment. It went deep. And it keeps going deeper. It's getting bigger and bigger. I'm like, why wouldn't it? I have a big drink of water for it right here. It's being nourished. We keep pushing sand over and just keep swimming. Keep doing it. Our relationship with God has to be faith, has to have our faith rooted in the right spots. We have to, our root system has to stay in the right environment to, to keep being fed. Sometimes our roots stop getting the nourishment that they need because of different things getting in our way. But the cares of this life, the cares of this life contaminate, distort, and block the nourishment that we need to stay rooted to our Heavenly Father. You know what? It's, it's not just by accident. Sin came into this world, and we have to understand that God is our source, and we can't let anything come between us and God. He is our source. Our roots have to be connected to Him. Pastor Drew, how can that be? I'm saved. You know that I'm saved. I know that you're saved. You have to stay rooted to God's Word. You have to stay rooted to God. And you know what? The devil's going to continue to try to cut them roots. He's going to continue to try to stop you from that nourishment. You're thinking, this doesn't go along with the text. It will. But if we wander too far from the source of our strength, our roots will begin to dry up. Our roots will begin to dry out. And before we know it, we're separated from the source of our salvation. I can hear somebody quoting right now, Romans 8, 38. Does anybody know what that is? I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, which Christ Jesus our Lord shows us. We can't be separated by death or life, by angels or rulers, by anything in the present or anything in the future, by forces or powers 
by forces or powers in the world above or in the world below or by anything else in creation? This scripture is absolutely correct. I just want to let you know this scripture is absolutely correct. I believe it 100%. It's true. God will never stop loving you. His love is an everlasting love. He's not going to stop loving you. But that's not going to stop the devil from trying to get between you and him. And we're the ones that can stop that. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. So we understand God is for us. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake you. How many has ever went somewhere, maybe in the dark as a kid? I did this. Hey, go with me in here. Mom made, made me go do something. So make me walk into a church and go, go up there and get something else. And, and so you walk into this church and it's scary. You're like, you go with me. You get halfway through that church, you're in the dark. I didn't have a cell phone, and my brother runs out on me. Yeah. How many has a brother like that? You get scared. God's a God that will never leave you, never forsake you. And I believe that scripture, too. It's absolutely true. God will not forsake you. That is his promise. You can depend on it. You can depend on it. But, hear me. Hear me tonight, you can go so far away from God that the nourishment God has for you can't be productive for you. How can that be? Are you talking about backsliding? I am. I'm talking about backsliding. Once one, what you once had, you start walking away from. Maybe not intentional, but you start walking, walking away from it. He will never stop loving us. God will never stop loving us. The problem is we stray away from the provision God has for us, intentional or unintentional, and our roots begin to die. How can you tell if your roots are dying? You lose your enthusiasm for the things of God. You remember when you was first saved? I was guilty. <laughs> Raised up in a preacher's house and I was guilty. He's like, well, how, how could that happen? Believe me, I know a lot of preacher's kids that's not saved. And that wasn't saved. Dad sometimes tells me, he says, you shouldn't tell everything. I said, I'm transparent about it. I'm, I did some things that I should have not got away with. I should be, maybe some things I might have should have been in jail. Definitely things I should have been dead. But the mercies of God. But the mercies of God. How can we tell if our roots are dying? We lose our enthusiasm for the things of God. You lose your will to praise as much. You know, God knows me and I, I love him and, and I pray. Um, may not get to pray every day or every week. Or God knows that I love him. He understands what I'm going through. So, you know, since he knows everything about my heart, do I really have to pray so much? Shelly knows a lot about me, but she still likes it when I say hello and I love her every morning. And when I don't, I hear about it. You lose the will to spend time in the Word. I'm too tired. My time's been squeezed so much. It's just down to, we talked about time the other day. Our time just gets squeezed out of us until that we don't have time for anything. Today, I had some goals. I was telling my dad, I said, I set some goals. I said, we need to, I, I try to set goals every day to accomplish something. I got to feel good about something. Right? If I don't set goals, I don't accomplish things during my day. I just, I'm meandering from one thing to the next. Like, I, I got to finish that, but I didn't get it finished. I set goals. The red van wasn't running. 
The battery was dead. So I got up after prayer, took the white van out there, put the, trying to jump them off, thinking, oh, I'm going to get it started up here. It never would start. So I had to continue on my goal. I needed to be in here praying and studying. What I do? I took that battery out, took it back down there. It was only a few months old. They gave me a new battery. They, they wanted to look at me like I'd stole that thing or something. I was like, it said right there, we just bought it in October. You have a guarantee. Honor your guarantee. Give me the battery and leave me alone. Preachers don't act that way. How many of you ever did that? You had a guarantee on something. You take it back, and they look at you like you stole it or something. Like, hey, I bought this, and, and you guaranteed it, so give me the battery. Anyway, I got the battery back, plugged it up, and sure enough, just started right off. I accomplished my goal. Later on, I was talking to Dad about it, and I told him, I said, well, you know, I had goals today to set, and I, I did some of them goals. And then he said, my time, he said, I hate taking your time, and he wanted me to run with him. And I said, I, you know, I'll run with you. Because it, it was important to him, it was important to me. And I took the time to run with him, and I still hadn't finished all my goals. But what, what I tell you all this about, what, what, the reason why I tell all this is because that's the way the devil wants it. He wants our time consumed with different things till we don't have time to pray. We don't have time to study. We don't have time to spend time that we know that we need with God because the cares of life. It wasn't a sin for me to go get a new battery. It wasn't a sin for me to ride to Conway with my dad, right? But the cares of life start taking your time. You know, and if you don't just make some time, and that's what I did. I said, well, I'm going to make some time. I'm going to do this. I want to go with him. I want to do this. And I did it. It's the same way with the Word of God. It's the same way with praying. We have to take that time and make that time and say, you know what? I don't care if the dishes don't get washed or the laundry doesn't get done. I need prayer. I need His Word. I need a relationship with God. You, you lose the will to spend time in the Word. Next way you know that your roots are dying, you lose the will to be among the brethren. You lose the will to go to church, let alone work in ministry in the church. Well, pastor, I did ministry years ago. Somebody told me one time, I served my time as if they were in prison. I served my time. Was it that bad? I say it all the time, and I believe the older I get, I say it even more. If you're still breathing God's air... He's still got a calling for you to fulfill. He has a purpose for you to fulfill. Stop bowing out on what God's called you to do. Acts 2 and 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. That just hit me today when I was sitting there talking, you know, thinking about this. We're bowing out of some things because of our age. Sometimes we bow out of things because of our education. Sometimes we bow out of things just because we're lazy. Don't throw rotten tomatoes. And sometimes we, we do all these things because our roots are drying up and dying. If nothing else, we should be doing these things right here, dreaming dreams and having visions. You know, if, you know I heard somebody tell me one time we had a work day here, and they said, uh, Pastor, I'm 75 years old. I don't think I can go out in that heat and, and do this or that. I was like, Man, I don't expect you to. What I expect you to do is tell them young guys how to do it. <laughs> lead, them, lead the way and let them know how to get this done. 
but we ought to be doing the things that the Word says we should be doing. We should be studying. We should be reading. We should be praying. We should be seeing visions, and, and we should be dreaming dreams. But our roots, they all get in trouble and begin to dry up. Satan will let you know once you mess up that, or if you just plain old, just call it sin tonight. You sin against God that you made yourself un, unworthy. How many ever did that? You, you were saved, you know you're saved, and you did something, and, and you knew it was a sin, and you felt so bad about it. You felt so upset. Man, I've been saved like more than you can count. I've had to go to God over and over and over to forgive me for the sins that I committed. I got good news. The devil is set on your shoulder. He'll tell you you're not worthy. But I got good news. You never were worthy. You never were worthy. I was never worthy. I was never worthy. It's because of grace. It's because of mercy. It's because of God's love. It's because of Jesus' blood. <laughs> Hallelujah. That you qualify for the mercy and grace, which is salvation. There's nothing you can do to deserve God's love, grace, or mercy for you. There's nothing I can do. I can't do enough good deeds to deserve that. He wants, he wants you and I to reconnect. When we have problems, when we have disappointments, when we have sin in our life, he wants us to reconnect with him. I've told this story over and over. I have a friend that every time something goes wrong, they run. Every time they sin in their life, they run. Not to church, to somebody else, to this one and that one. Years later, we'll reconnect, and next thing you know, they're back in church again. God wants you to run to him. God wants you to come back home. Hallelujah. There's nothing we can do to deserve God's love and his grace, his mercy. He wants you to reconnect with the true vine. He wants you to come to him. He said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in, in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hallelujah. God understands the tricks of the enemy. He understands that we're humans and we get tripped up. He wants you and I to know when we're ashamed of the things that we've done, it's time to go back to God. It's time to go back. No matter what my kids do, they can disappoint me. They can do something wrong. I've given Cardin over $40 in the last week to, to get certain things, and I'm yet to see any of the change back. I'm disappointed in him. I said, the first 20, I said, what happened to that $20? He said, uh, Peyton took it. So I had to get that out of Peyton. The next $20, he goes, oh, the change is in the bathroom, Dad. I was like, oh, I don't even want to go in there. But I don't have my change from $40, and I think it was for two mils. So he's, he's either eating somewhere I don't know of that's quite expensive, or he's pocketing the money. God understands the tricks of an enemy. He wants us not to be as ashamed of the things we've done, just like a child, come back to him. But we have to recognize when we've been cut off from our source. Sometimes we don't even recognize what's happened. I think about Samson. Samson, he gets his hair cut. He knows that's the source. He's a Nazarite. He knows he can't put a, a blade on his hair. And he, he doesn't even realize that the Spirit of God's gone from him. He wakes up, shakes himself, and the Spirit has departed from him. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. In the middle of our text tonight, the Bible says in Luke 3 and 9 that the axe is laid on the roots of the tree.
the trees spoke of Israel, and the axe spoke of the judgment of God. It didn't say that the axe was severing the roots. You go back there and read it, you'll see it's not saying it's It's laid on the roots. The judgment of God is ready to come down. And then that axe was poised to do so if repentance was not forthcoming. It's a law of God that applies to every individual person. We have to understand, if there's sin in our lives, you go back and study this text, you're going to find out John the Baptist was letting them know there's sin in your heart. You're wanting to come here and be baptized in water and, and sin be gone. He wanted true repentance. And he was telling them true repentance is the only way. And they didn't understand that. John the Baptist was predicted by Isaiah some 800 years before he was born. And here we see the start of his ministry. And he's calling people vipers. Can you imagine two years ago and I started pastoring here, just come in and call you generation of vipers? I don't think things would have went quite as well. Matthew 3 and 4 says, And the same John had his raiment of camel hair and a leathered, or leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. He seemed to be a wild-looking character. Then went out of him Jerusalem and all Judea, and all the region round about Jordan, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said to them, O generation of vipers, you have warned, uh, who has warned you of flee to flee, excuse me, O generations of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? That's not up there. I start saying maybe I need it in bigger print. Bring forth, therefore, fruits meet for repentance. He was telling them, you've got to repent. And do not think to say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. That's pride right there. You know what? I've been in this a long time. God's just going to overlook my sin. There's a lot of people like that. I've been a Christian a long time. You know, I know I'm not quite doing things right right here, but it's going to be okay because God's going to... I'm a, I'm a child of Abraham. That's what they're saying here. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. What's he saying? The Lord has raised up the Gentiles as children unto Abraham. That's what he's saying right there. Matthew 3 and 10 says, And then, or excuse me, and even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Now, we understand in Romans eleven twenty, it tells us that Israel was cut down because of their unbelief. And here it is, eleven twenty in Romans, well said, because of unbelief, they were broken off, and you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, we're talking about Israel, he may not spare you either. Now, I know I stumbled through that, but it's still plain as day. If you just read the word yourself, you're going to find out. That God, he's not going to allow the pride to say, okay, I inherited this. I've been a preacher. I've been a saint. I've been a this. I've been a Sunday school teacher. I've been a bus driver for the church. I have did all these different ministries. He wants repentance. In effect, what John was telling us, and he was saying to the religious people of his day, was the water baptism would not do them any good without true repentance. I know that destroys a lot of theologies. And a lot of denominations think, think that that, you know, water baptism's it. You're done. It's over. Go live your life. Everything's good. Not true. There has to be true repentance. 
And if there's true repentance, fruits would be evident. We're not to be judged, but we can look at the fruit. And the fruit's going to tell us if the tree's doing what it's supposed to be doing, if the roots are doing what they should be doing. The axe head is at the roots of the tree even tonight. This is a personal message to each and every one of you tonight, including myself. Judgment is coming. That's what John's telling them. Judgment's coming. The axe is on the roots. He didn't say it's cutting it right now. He said it's coming. We have to have true repentance. Shelly, would you come back? I'm wondering if we're going to remain prideful to the end. And that's a personal question. Are you going to remain prideful to the end? You think to yourself, man, I'm saved. This is not for me. It may not be for you. It's for somebody tonight. We're on Facebook. If you're listening tonight, you hear these words, you better repent. You better repent. That's the only way. It's the only way. God has warned us over and over to make things right in our lives. Don't be prideful and say, you know what, that's not me. I'm going to hang on to this. You know, I deserve to feel this way. Repent. David made a choice when he was confronted with the sin to repent. How many remember the story of David? He repented of his sins. The prodigal son. What did he say? Here he is in a swallow of a pig, uh, hog pen, and he said, I'm going to go back to my father and repent. That's what he said. The prodigal repent. You can run, but guess what? You can't hide. You can't hide. God knows where you're at. He does. That's Jonah. That's Jonah. You can't hide from God. God knows exactly what you're doing and with who. God knows where you're going and what you're saying. The axe is at the roots. Every tree that's not bringing forth good fruit will be cut down and cast into fire. The pastor, my God would never do that. He loves me. We have to understand that no sin will enter heaven. No sin will enter heaven. God can't look at sin. He can't. He can't look at sin. He still loves every person that walks away from him, but he can't look at sin. We have to understand when we're in a sinful state and God convicts us, it's time to repent. It's time to repent. The axe is at the roots. Sunday, something happened to me that's never happened to me before. And I, I'll be honest, I wrestled with it. I sat right here behind this pulpit. God told me something to do, and I was like, God, are you sure? He said, yeah, I'm sure. There's such a heaviness on me. I begged, I pleaded the way I knew how for someone in this auditorium to make it right with God. I didn't see anybody come up here. That's not what I'm looking for. I would like to know that they, were, they repented at some time. I felt this so heavy. I've been in a couple of different services where uh, the, the minister would, would tell the heaviness that this could be your last chance and really felt the heaviness from it, that this could be your last chance. Death could be knocking on your door. 
is there something? Is there something in us that we need to let go of? Is there something in us that I don't want anything to separate me from God's love. And I know He's going to love me. But I could separate myself from Him and sin against Him. I'd hate to think that something I said or something I'd done and didn't repent over. I told somebody recently, I said, I don't want to go to hell over this issue. And they said, Drew, you're not going to hell over it. It's not a big deal. And I've had people say that before. Oh, just take it. I said, no, I know whose it is. They said, no, just take it. They're never coming back. No, it's not mine to take. I'd hate to think that one little thing is going to keep me out of heaven. One little white lie. It's not a big deal. I didn't want to offend them, so I told a lie. God help us. Sin will not enter heaven. With them Ten Commandments, I was reading them again today, and I thought to myself, this is good stuff. This is just some pretty good stuff, Brother Baggett. This, this is some good word right here. If we just live by it, would you stand with me? Would you find you a place to pray? Ask God. I don't care if you're a veteran Christian. I don't... I don't care if you're a newborn Christian. Ask God, is there anything in my heart that's unacceptable to Him? Father, I thank You, Lord, that You're my God. I thank You, Lord, You convict me, Lord, when I've done wrong. I ask You tonight, Lord, to convict our hearts. God, not only convict our hearts, Lord, show us the air of our ways. Let us know, Lord, that You still love us. And coming back to You, Lord, is the solution. I pray that in Jesus' name.